Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi, and welcome to Change Making Women. Um, on the show this week, unfortunately, Ziada's not able to be with us, but um, I'm Marianne, I'm here, <laughs> and um, we have a guest this evening who is Christina Lynch. Now, Christina is a Tantra facilitator, a ritual guide, and an energy, energy therapist. And she's also a friend of mine. Um, and we met probably about five or six years ago. So we know each other a little bit, but um, I want to introduce you to her tonight on the show. And we're going to have a chat about the things that she's up to right now and her passions and experience around some of um, her work on, around sexuality and Tantra. And we'll see where else we go. So hi, Christina. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, Marianne. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me. It's good to be you're, here. You're welcome. And very unusually, we're both in London tonight. So this show <laughs> is broadcasting from not very far. <laughs> <laughs> Although we're not actually in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be great to just hear it just... Tell, tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what you do, and then we'll go a bit more into um, some specifics. But just how would you describe Christina and your work? Well, the, you can see from the, the, the brief introduction that you gave that I, I kind of juggle a few different things. So um, I work with energy healing, so doing hands-on healing, um, moving old emotions and trauma and working with people on that level one-to-one mm -hmm. and in group work I work I do tantra and I work with sacred sexuality um, and I also one of the things that you mentioned there was ritual guide um, which really comes into the tantra but it's also a separate thing in itself so working with people with archetype and using ritual as a way to allow us to go to places that we don't normally go to, to allow us to do something different from everyday life and maybe mm -hmm. try things out in a different way. So um, that's another thing. And yeah, the Tantra and Sacred Sexuality work, which, which we'll talk more about. Mm, great. So maybe for people listening who might be wondering, you know, it sounds really interesting, but something different <laughs> from everyday life. Mm -hmm. Maybe give us an example of, the kind of experience you're talking about when you talk about um, ritual guides, mm -hmm. um, maybe what you've got out of that kind of experience for yourself. I know you're also leading that, those kinds of experiences, but just something about what, what that is for someone mm -hmm. who you know, might be listening and might be thinking, well, what's, what's that about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so in, in a way, sometimes I think of it like a mixture of, theater and therapy I suppose mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's got a sort of theatrical aspect to it because we've all got lots of different parts of ourselves and, and some of them we feel more comfortable inhabiting than others so so when we work with archetype we might take an archetype like um, either an actual 
goddess or god archetype like Kali or someone like that, or maybe even just a part of ourself like our little girl or our teenager. And by using ritual, we get to maybe jump into one of those aspects that in everyday life we're a bit scared of or we're not used to or we've got some old wounds around it. Um, So, for example, if... If I was really scared to be angry and I'd learned when I was young that anger wasn't such a good thing, then for me to do some some work in a safe space and actually step into that part of myself in a really safe way, in a supported way, then I kind of relearn. It's almost like rewiring, um, rewiring myself to, to trust that actually I can have my voice. I can stand my ground. I'm... I'm allowed to say what I need. Um, and then we tend to take those new experiences out into our everyday lives and find that we're just bigger versions of ourselves. We have access. There aren't any parts of ourselves that are shut down or not allowed in the same way. So ritual is kind of a way of playing, I suppose, playing with with this and and also making things making things special so we can we can honor ourselves and each other through ritual you know a ritual might be lighting a candle or I mean a really normal ritual might be that we have a cup of coffee every morning um something like that but but yeah something as easy as lighting a candle or just making a beautiful space and then being together in that um so there are there are endless ways that we can use it but basically it kind of it can give us powerful experiences and ways of experiencing ourselves in different ways and each other in different ways that we might not without the use of that kind of special situation. Mm-hmm. It's like a chance to explore a different, mm. a different part of ourselves. It sounds like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that obviously do have some experience of these kind of spaces too, but yes. I just, I was interested to hear. Yeah. Um, your reflection on it as a as a as someone that's guiding people in your work and I wonder how the the ritual kind of connects to the sexuality work because I just mm. wanted to um, unpack that a bit for people because yeah. it kind of yeah it might might be something that sounds a bit unusual and maybe it isn't really as unusual as it sounds so yeah it's so true (laughs) yeah let's let's just demystify these things a bit and and that's quite a theme with tantra because because people have often heard of like the more out there that they've either heard of it and they don't know anything about it or they've heard of sort of really out there random sex things that they don't really understand and it doesn't sound that good but they're curious but it's weird and um so and I think the same can be true of the same can be true of ritual in a different way you know it's it's um it takes a little bit of something to get our head around the fact that it's it's something that we can actually use that isn't scary or weird that it's actually quite practical and very real and very rich and creative um but it can take a little bit of time to get your head around that when you haven't experienced it in this way um so some of the ways that the the ritual stuff might come into the sexuality work, um, mm. it, it can be very beautiful. I mean, a, a big piece of tantra certainly for me is is the recognition that sex is sacred and and that intimacy is sacred and that our connection with our bodies and our bodies themselves are are sacred, are precious, and and many of us through the course of our lifetime through 
through trauma, through wounding, just through cultural conditioning have, have lost that belief yeah. and truth. Yeah. And actually it's quite the opposite that we, you know, we, we, we might damage our bodies or we might want to really switch off even during sex um, or just switch off from our own sexual energy and not even go there. Um, and it's, it's so, so common um, in our culture. And I think in different ways for men and women, but the cutting off thing and kind of wanting to numb out and just not go there anymore is really, really common for women. And so the, the ritual work is, is an aspect of the sort of sacred sexuality and tantra work where it allows us to, to, to have a sort of outward manifestation of that beauty and sacredness. And it allows us to step into a slightly different time and space so that we can really slow down and pay attention, which again is a big piece of tantra. It's, it's slowing down and being very conscious around the way, you know, what do, how do we want to be touched? How do we want to touch someone else? How do we want to breathe and be aware of ourselves, knowing when something's right or not right for us and changing that at any time? And ritual can really help with that in that some of, some of the, the ways we might use ritual would be really simple things. Like I said before, just lighting a candle might be something or setting a little altar space so that we've got a beautiful environment where we're going to share either, you know, in a workshop, talking, sharing with each other, or even in our, in our private time together. Um, or it could be something like just, say, in a tantric experience, sitting face-to-face -face with our partner or the person we're going to be sharing with and just doing a prayer sign and bowing to each other to kind of honor each other and not just dive either straight into sexual connection. Um, if if it's our partner, say, actually taking the time to really honor each other and, and slow down. Or it could be, um, that could be to greet the person that we're face-to-face -face with, say, in a tantra workshop, and we're, we're going to talk to each other, or we're going to do an exercise together, or we're even going to just look at each other. That's lots of eye-gazing and, and finding ways to be in deeper connection, in very simple ways. So, um, and then another piece on the ritual front is in traditional Tantra, because Tantra is a, it's a, it's a huge spiritual path. It's an ancient spiritual path. The Tantras are the sacred texts and it's, it's influenced um, Hinduism, Buddhism. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole path that includes you know, there are sexual practices, although that's quite a small part of it in the same way that in yoga, the asanas, the postures are also quite a small part of the entirety of mm -hmm. yoga. Um, and it's the same way in Tantra. It's a path that, it's a, that it means to weave, to expand, to spread. So that's what the word means. And so it's really about pulling together all the threads and including everything, excluding nothing. So very much a spiritual path that isn't about escaping and transcending and and just being up in the divine experience, but it's really about being doing that, but also being very human and having human desires and, and the sort of spiritual path that includes and encompasses and invites all of that. So that's why the sexual practices are a part of it because everything's a part of it. So, um, <clears throat> and in traditional Tantra, there is a, because it, it's a religious spiritual path, as in, as in most spiritual paths, there is an element of ritual, you know, similar to in Christianity where you go into the church and there's incense and there are flowers and we do things in a certain way. 
because it kind of brings us into contact with the fact that something special is going on. So it's, mm. it's quite similar to that, I suppose. Mm. Mm. So it makes me want to ask you, Christina, how you got into this aspect of your work. Like, where did you learn about it? Um, mm -hmm. What you drew you to it in the first place? Like, what's, mm -hmm. what's the story with you and, and, and Tantra work? Um, okay. Yeah, and ritual work. <laughs> Yes, I love to share about that because it's been it's been such an amazing journey to be honest. Ooh. So, um, and how to I, I would say the beginning place would be the challenges, the struggles that I had. Um, I had had really challenging experiences, you know, different traumas, as most of us have in our younger our younger years. And for me, some of that was around sexuality. And so I, I had been doing various different types of personal development um, when I, I guess when I realized that I needed to do something different, you know, I hadn't heard of any spiritual stuff or meditation or therapy and things like that. I, I just knew that something wasn't going right and I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I needed to change things, you know, things weren't working. So just little piece by piece I, I sort of went along this breadcrumb trail of meeting different teachers and finding out different ways of working and different ways of healing um and I went into some amazing really deep and rich containers of of working with people in groups and I felt that the piece that a piece that was often missing for me personally not that it should have been there, but I just had this longing, like I, there's this sexuality piece, like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm healing on so many levels and I'm opening up, but I still feel, I suppose, damaged and cut off and um, like something's not right here, but I don't know what to do about it. And I'm not hearing it being referred to that much in the work that I'm doing. So I started to just open up to the possibility of working really focusing on that and actually quite early on in the process because it had been such an area of pain and um conflict and lack of confidence for me as I started to gain confidence in my life I felt like that's really the area where I feel I just had a, I've just had a really strong conviction that the area where in a way we're most hurt ourselves is the area where we can bring the most to other people because mm -hmm we get it, you know, whatever it, the, almost the deeper I've gone into the pain in that area, the more compassion and, and, um, strength I can bring in saying you can do this, <laughs> you know, this is yeah. possible to heal and we can, and, um, I get it really. Mm -hmm. So, so I felt that quite early, before I actually really even started delving into Tantra and things like that, I already felt like sexuality was not only an area that I wanted to really heal, but an area where I'd like to offer to other people. And mm. I, I, had, um, I had come across people who knew what Tantra was and I'd heard of it and I was curious about it, but it was still seemed very mysterious. And, um, and I just opened myself to the possibility of meeting people who knew about it, basically. So I, mm -hmm. I went to a couple of festivals and, and went to a couple of short workshops. And I, did, I started off doing one-to-one -one work um, because I felt kind of nervous about going into a group and thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. What are we going to do? Am I going to be comfortable with it? And, mm. um, and I think, you know, again, I can really empathize with people when I'm talking about the work that I do now, that it can be 
it can be a really big step for people to to just walk through the door you know to just sign up to something <laughs> that's to do with sexuality not knowing exactly what's going to happen it's it's mm. very fun it's vulnerable the most vulnerable intimate space to start exploring so um and because I know for me I was thinking oh gosh are we gonna are we gonna always be naked are people going to be having sex with each other is it mm. going to be someone awful running the workshop that just has terrible morals and isn't it's not a safe it was for me it was the, the scariest prospect thinking I was going to a workshop and it wouldn't be well held basically so I think it's an area yeah. where we really need to be very conscientious and clear about that um and, and was it so, like yeah. that I want to ask was well it like actually that? yeah no it, I feel like I've done really well <laughs> and I could probably <laughs> give a few hints on that um because I I mean I, I guess I've had it's a thing where you really need to trust your instincts. And I think it's all, you know, I would always have a phone conversation with, or unless I knew them already, or I just really all out trusted them. I would always have a phone conversation with anyone who I was going to do a workshop with. I also, my first step was going to a festival because you know, a conscious sexuality festival where I knew there'd be small workshops by lots of teachers and that I could always leave and I could I could either just leave the workshop and it would only be an hour long or I could just see them from across the room and it was like a low commitment way of testing the waters basically and right. um and then like I said I did a lot of one-to-one work so that I felt more confident by the time I did go into a group situation but I don't think that's now that I've done more group work, I don't think that's really necessary, but it felt good for me at the time. Um, I think I've been really lucky. Um, I've, I've had really good experiences and yeah, I'm, I'm racking my brains for any sort of gory stories of awful workshops that I went to. <laughs> it was all a disaster, but I think I've managed to get away with it. So, so it's not like that. <laughs> so if it's not like that, what is it no. like? <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> well, I mean, I can talk a little bit about the way I approach it. Um, yeah. Because it's, again, it's so vast, you know, there are people doing all sorts of different things and, um, and, and it could be so many different versions because some people are working with conscious sexuality. Some people are working with neo-tantra, which is more um, of a modern day sort of Western interpretation, which I find really interesting because... It's almost like because of all the stuff that we've got piled on top of our energy systems, you know, all the conditioning, all the shame, all the stuff, um, mm. we almost need a slightly different twist on it to get us ready to do some of the more traditional, more subtle um, mm. tantric work. So, so there's really great stuff. And um, so there's sort of neo-tantric work and classical tantra and conscious sexuality. There's all sorts of things and, and, probably the spectrum is too large to even try and broach it here but I can talk about the sorts of things that I like to include um yeah yeah okay okay um so one of the things that is most important is building safety so mm. building safety and allowing everybody to feel you know in a way it's never completely safe because we're taking emotional risks and it doesn't always, it doesn't always feel safe when we're doing that. And that's sometimes just how we grow and we can't, um, we can't make it so that these things don't hurt sometimes. Um, 
and but having said that we can do our best and certainly be responsible around that so so a lot of the work is really about connecting with each other so maybe sharing circles or different ways of interacting with each other and sharing what's going on for us maybe um maybe on quite a light level just to get to know each other a little bit and then sometimes deeper sharing around our ex our sexual experiences our experiences in intimacy um and lots of yeah just beautiful ways to to drop in to some emotional depth with each other um mm -hmm. so that we feel that we can reveal some of our vulnerability with each other um so that's one really important aspect of it Hi, it's Marianne here and I wanted to tell you about Jijaze, the community I founded for women who want to make a real difference in the world, but do so without totally depleting themselves. In our community, we have resources to help and support you, discussions to inspire you, and loads of information about how really taking care of yourself is an important part of making change happen in the world. You can find out more about how to join us by going to www.jijaze.com. That's J-I-J-A-Z-E. -E. If you click on join us, you can jump straight to the info about how to join. We're so looking forward to welcoming you to our community. And another piece would be working with I spoke a little bit about the ritual piece um, that could be in a way it, it's woven throughout the whole thing because even if we're sitting in a sharing circle at the very beginning of a workshop we're already sitting in a circle and we've probably got a little candle in the middle and we're passing around a talking piece and taking it in turns and witnessing each other and it's it's already quite a simple ritual um, and then that can be we can use ritual in lots of different ways um, including you know maybe different ways to honor each other honor our bodies um I'm trying to think of some specific examples but i think it's just enough right now to give a, a bit of a nod to that aspect of it and mm. um and working with energy is the huge is a huge thing and and i like to really give people practices to go away with because it's absolutely a practice you know we can we can work together and go really deep and great healing and connection in a weekend or in a in a workshop but really it's about going away and practicing so but some of the areas that i feel have been most beneficial to me and that i really like to focus on are building sort of kindling and building our sexual energy and it's it's you know we call it sexual energy um really it's it is that and we can recognize it as such, but it's also a lot more than that. It's really our, it's our, it's energy. It's our life force energy. So a lot of times we have a tendency, again, cultural conditioning, wounding, all of these things can lead to us having a lot of tension mm. so that we, we very subtly over time learn to, to tense and to cut off that energy and contain it in a very small area, usually maybe just in the pelvis. And what we can do with different practices using breath and sound and movement, those are all really big things in this work, is we can actually give, we can build that energy and give it permission to grow and become stronger and also to spread throughout the body so we can learn to actually circulate that energy and feel it in new ways. And sometimes at the beginning, it's 
it's very, very subtle. Um, and it can take time, you know, doing even short practices just every day, maybe a tilt of the pelvis and a certain breathing in and out and just focusing our attention in that area. And then gradually over time, the energy gets more and more and, and we're able to circulate it with ourselves, also with other people, various tantric practices are kind of circulating energy between people and allowing it to move throughout the body and actually up the spine in different ways and we can have different experiences with that it's a it's a really beautiful thing um when we practice over time and it's it's very much our creative energy so when when we do that this for me what this has meant is my creativity and my levels of energy every day and my sense of inspiration all these things are so much stronger when i'm when i'm working with that energy so again we talk about sexual energy but it, it's not limited to to sex either with ourselves or with another person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. something broader around the energetic I was actually going to ask you what has changed for you personally through doing this work so mm -hmm. is, is it is it that the, the creativity piece that's been most important for you or what what else have you what other impacts have you felt in your own life well, the creativity piece definitely because that was um, because I'm I'm also an artist, so that's always been a really big thing for me, and that was quite a piece for me when I was deciding to work more closely with sexuality and to to really heal myself. It was also because I'd heard this. I'd heard that if you're blocked in your sexuality, you're also blocked in your creativity. Just to put it really bluntly, um, mm -hmm. I'd heard about that, and I was like, "Wow, okay. Well, then I definitely need to work on this." Um, mm -hmm. So, um, and it's been really amazingly true. Um, I mean, I, it's not that I was creatively numb or switched off, but I just find I just find it flows better. I I don't get stuck in. I don't feel. My, I guess I just don't feel blocked in the same way and I it's mm. partly because it's just flowing naturally and I think it's also partly because I've got practices to do you know if I feel stuck or um like I'm I don't know stuck or blocked or not in the mood not feeling creative I, then I know what I need to do you know I've got practices that I can do and on the whole I just yeah, I just experience more of a sense of, of flow around my creativity, like the way that ideas come and the way that I feel inspired and the way I think self-trust is a big one too, That, um, <clears throat> which leads into the other aspect of what's, what's changed for me, which, which is a kind of increase in, in confidence and self-trust, self-worth, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. partly, partly, because the work we do around sexuality it's almost it's a it's a kind of a microcosm of everything you know I heard someone say once that wherever you're blocked orgasmically that's completely reflected in the bigger picture of your life so if you mm. can clear yourself in that respect then other things kind of just clear so I found that to be true in in terms of not feeling stressed feeling more grounded feeling yeah, I've mentioned the inspiration thing um, and not so much overwhelm these these things that I used to have. And, and it's just improved all of that, 
all of that stuff. And I just really enjoy it because I, I think especially coming from a place where I had really numbed out my body, I wasn't living in my body much and I'd really numbed out and I hadn't looked after myself in many ways when I was younger. And so for me, it's just an absolute delight to be completely tuned in energetically and to be able to feel okay this is what's happening in this area of my body and this is how I can move the energy in this way and and around around sexuality and sex it obviously changed a great deal in in that too um which was huge for me because there were times when I felt like such a lack of confidence there was there were lots of questions like am I going to be good enough like what if I cry what if I don't know what I'm doing? Um, what if I can't feel anything? What if I just don't even want to do it anyway? Lots of stuff going on. It was so loaded. And, um, and at this point now, I've got a real sense of it, not, it really being nothing to do with, this is another part of Tantra that I really love, that my pleasure isn't anybody else's responsibility. And my, you know, we talk about giving each other orgasms, but it's not really actually how it is you know we take responsibility for our own pleasure for our own arousal for our own bodies for ourselves in many different ways and so I think for me it took the, it's taken the pressure off a lot um mm. of feeling like actually I'll take care of myself and my energy and my body and I love myself and I don't need to do something for you I don't need to make something happen for you I don't need to be good enough I'm just going to be me and in touch with my own experience and it will flow mm. so lots of tools and insights around that um mm. yeah many many changes mm-hmm. mm. wow so <laughs> i know you have a workshop coming up and i'm interested to hear how people can work with you um mm-hmm. yeah tell us a little bit about that um so i know you're offering some of this work soon yes yes i am I am. Thank you. Um, I've got a workshop coming up in Bristol. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how many of your people are in England who are subscribed to your podcast, but Bristol in England. And it's a two day workshop on the 2nd and 3rd of September in Bristol. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're going to put the link to the Facebook event, probably the event page so people can, people can go to there and we'll be will be it'll be a two-day non-residential workshop and we'll be diving into a lot of the stuff that I've been sharing about there's more information online and I'm very approachable when it comes to questions because like I've shared a little bit in this conversation I think it's really natural especially if it's new to people Mm -hmm. um to have a lot of questions and to so no no questions are sort of too basic or off the mark it's okay to want to have a conversation before working together um so that's coming up early september second and third which i'm really excited about and Mm. there'll be other workshop dates coming i don't have any dates finalized at the moment but um but if they go onto the facebook page they can follow me there and then i'll keep keep people posted and i've got a couple of things falling into place in in america and then there'll be more coming up in england as well Okay, great. So you'll be doing some of this work in the US as well Yeah. later this year, next year? Yeah, certainly um, something hopefully in autumn and then maybe a bit more next year as well. It's all great. a bit vague for the time being, still waiting for some threads to come together. But yeah, okay, but this September in Bristol is the path for now. <laughs> and for yeah. people listening who aren't in either of those places um, and mm. might not be able to get to work with you, what... Um, 
what what is there something you could share with them or somewhere they could go um to find more information either online i know that your mm-hmm. website is 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 coming up but mm-hmm. is there somewhere you'd suggest people go so either, either some links or just some things to some pointers is there mm-hmm. something people could also take from this yeah um you have any books that spring to mind as well there's a really great book um by a woman called shashi saluna mm-hmm. called just called tantra and i've i've done quite a bit of work with her she's great and the book is just a very simple yet sort of in-depth and alive introduction to tantra so that's quite mm-hmm. a nice place to start um mm-hmm. then other I mean, I suppose I could just pop out a few names of kind of renowned teachers who are good to look up or... Yeah, um, that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So another great one is Margot Anand. Mm -hmm. Um, She's someone who studied with Osho and Osho's Osho's meditations and Osho's work, also a really great place to look. Um, You can get, I mean, you, you sometimes need a bit of instruction on it, but he does... A lot of work around kundalini and very dynamic meditation so it's very active kind of bringing that energy alive um, mm-hmm. and very accessible in terms of finding his books and you can you can get the music accompaniments on youtube and things like that so if people just want to get into some practices then osho is a good place to look margo and studied with osho um, and another one would be daniel odier so O-D-I-E-R, he's still alive and he works in Paris. He, he works all over the world, but he's from France. And he's got a fascinating story. Um, he's got a book called, I think, Tantric Quest. Yes, a Tantric Quest about how, how he got into Tantra and the, the Tantric master that he came across in India. It's a really fascinating story. And he works with Kashmiri Shaivism Tantra, which is the kind of the type of classical Tantra that I've been training in. Mm-hmm. So I'd really recommend his work. It's again, very accessible. So yeah, mostly on the front of books and things, but um, people can get in touch with me as well. There's plenty more resources. Great, lovely, mm-hmm. that's really brilliant. Thank you. I'm gonna ask you one more question, which okay. is <laughs> beyond your Tantra practice, maybe there's nothing else needed, but how else do you look after yourself when you're you know, doing this kind of dynamic healing work with people? Because mm. um, I'm imagining that there's, there's downtime required as well, I don't know, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Well, how do I take care of myself aside from practices? Maybe the practices are all you need. I mean, maybe, I don't think that, I mean, they're quite, that's a very virtuous self-care regime, isn't it? But, um, and they are massive, you know, they're probably the thing I turn to first if I feel like I'm kind of spinning it into stress a bit or I've mm-hmm. given too much then that would be a really good first place for me to go because I just know that that will clear the energy get me grounded bring me back to myself um, but then food is another really big one for me so I just love cooking I love making mm-hmm. food and I I and I mean it's quite it's also quite a tantric experience to really savor food and enjoy it you know whether that's mm-hmm chocolate or something a bit naughty but really savoring it or it's something more healthy you know just 
I just love cooking and making food and that's quite often a place where I'll go for self-care because it I find it really grounding and creative and it's a good way of taking care of my body and feeding other mm. people as well that's always a, a lovely one um mm. so that's some of it or I'll just stick on music and have a good dance that's usually a good one for me as well move mm, me too yeah. move my body have a little kitchen shimmy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. a good Brilliant. one Thank well we're both in London so maybe we could do that one we, could we should do, we should do that be one. doing that one <laughs> kitchen dancing <laughs> we, should be, we should be doing that one right now yeah <laughs> and a good cup but, of tea is another one since we're both in London tea. Good cup and the tea, tea I don't like tea but good, good for you I, <laughs> <laughs> I like herbal teas but I don't like tea. well, that'll do it yeah herbal tea alright <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for sharing with us about your work and yeah, also those last things which are beautiful inspiration too. Mm. And um, yeah, we will post the information about your um, coming up event in September on, yeah, when we list the um, podcast on the Dijazze website. So if you listen to this from somewhere else, you need to go to www.dijazze.com, so D-I-J-A-Z-E.com slash podcast, and you'll find this podcast there, and then there'll be some notes there, which will include the links to that, and we might put some links to some of the teachers and books that Christina mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you so much for being with us. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com. <laughs>